I always knew I'd have kids. I just never intended to become a mother. I'm Dr. Lee Burge, and this is the Rockstar Parent Podcast. I'm a chiropractor, former college educator, life coach, and mom. Everyone has their own journey into motherhood. This podcast is devoted to telling my story and sharing what I found to be successful along the way. Episode 10. How to arrive at the empty nest phase with no regrets, even though you made some mistakes along the way. In a few days, my oldest son, Jacob, will celebrate his 24th birthday. The passing of another year is often a time when I stop to reflect and most recently have wondered, where did the time go? I don't pose this sentimental question out into the universe with any ounce of sadness or bitterness because I have no regrets. Now, I know that is a bold statement, but I stand by it, and I can share with you how that is. Having no regrets doesn't mean you never made mistakes. I made plenty of those. But when you use your mistakes as teaching moments for both you and your kids as appropriate, forward progress is always the outcome. Perfection? It's overrated. It is progress that is the gold standard of achievement. You know, trending upward, headed in the right direction, a continual string of decisions and prompt revisions. Erasers were put on pencil tops to be used. They aren't just for decoration. So how can one launch all their children out of the house upon reaching adulthood and not have any regrets? Well, I have some suggestions, but first, a story. Sometime in the early months of 1988, Ray Bradbury, the famous science fiction author, came to speak at the college I attended. It was our tradition there to have campus-wide speeches every Tuesday at 10 a.m., and to this day, it still is. I was excited to attend that morning, not because I was a science fiction fan by any means. I did like Star Wars, but I didn't live and breathe it. I had read Fahrenheit 451 in high school and liked it. Between that book and Animal Farm, I would develop a great appreciation for novels set in dystopian societies. My attendance that day was not only out of habit, but curiosity, really. What would this man have to say to a bunch of college kids? As it would turn out, two things that I heard Mr. Bradbury say that day would change the course of my life profoundly. In his speech, Ray Bradbury told us a story of a man who built a time machine and traveled decades into the future. Upon his return, he shared with the world stories of great achievement, medical cures found, resolution of social issues, a preservation of the environment, and other amazing things. His report inspired humanity to get busy creating the future they knew existed for them. And they did it. They accomplished every single advancement that was reported to them by the time traveler. On the anniversary of the day the time traveler had visited the future, the world gathered so they could witness the moment that the man was standing with them in the crowd and also simultaneously streaking across the sky in his time machine. The moment came and went, and the world saw no time machine. Maybe they had gotten it wrong. And so 
They waited to the point that it got awkward. And finally, they realized this long anticipated moment had passed. Confused, they turned to the time traveler for answers. Why had he not appeared in the sky as he told them he had so long ago? He turned to them and answered, I lied. The time traveler knew the people had the answers within them already. All they needed was a goal, a hope, an illusion of what the future could be so they would get busy working the plan to get there. Because of their belief in and commitment to this vision of an amazing future, they had made it into their reality. Now, this concept was intriguing to me. Do we really have the power to create a reality we only dare to imagine? Now, I'll be honest, this topic, the power of the mind and mindset work, is huge. And here is not the place to even begin to tackle it, except to say this. Little by little, I imagined the type of family life I wanted to create in my future home. And as my husband and I started our family, we expanded on that vision and we worked day by day to accomplish it. It sounds very nice and tidy when I boil it down to one sentence like that. It's like the social media post of the perfect family picture that gets hundreds of likes, but the backstory is one fraught with shoes that were lost and stains on slightly wrinkled shirts, endless reports of, he's touching me, she's looking at me, lots of coaxing for smiles by a frustrated photographer and a final acceptance by the mom and dad that they just aren't going to have all the kids looking at the camera and smiling all at the same time. Yet. It all comes together somehow through the magic of photo editing and filters, right? There is way more to creating a family life than just imagining it and poof, there it is. But that leads me to the second life-changing paradigm shift that occurred for me that day. I clearly remember Mr. Bradbury closing with this quotation that at the time I thought was original, but have since learned that it was actually said by the author Hunter S. Thompson. He said, life is not a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a well-preserved body, but rather to skid in broadside, thoroughly used up, totally worn out and loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. And that is when I knew at 20 years old that my life was changed. I wanted to be thoroughly used up when I die. I don't want to leave anything on the field. I want to live each moment to its maximum potential and see where that could take me first as an individual, but later I would apply that concept to my life as a mom. That's when I came up with my life mantra, no regrets. Having spent the last 24 years raising my three kids and then watching them launch one by one, I've been able to look back and see what I think we did well as parents, what I think we could have done better, and what perhaps seems so important in the moment but over time proved to be a waste of our precious family resources. The question I asked myself in the lead up to my oldest son's 24th birthday in a few days is, if I could go back in time, knowing what I know now, what advice would I give to my sleep-deprived, overwhelmed, new mom self. 
The advice I'm about to share is not meant in any way to be an exhaustive list. There is no one thing that works with every family or every kid in every situation. This list is meant to maybe calm your nerves, allow you to exhale and know you're on the right track, heading in the right direction, two steps forward and one step back, knowing you are making progress. The first thing I would tell my younger mom self is that it is all worth it. All the sacrifices, all the late nights and all the hard stuff. It makes a difference. Toddlers do not make the best customers and teenagers aren't always generous with their critiques of how you're doing. But odds are, if you're upsetting them, embarrassing them, or requiring them to do hard things they don't want to do, it's a good thing. Next, I would tell her that if she picks her timing to have hard conversations, nothing needs to become a battle. Hungry, tired, overstimulated kids don't have the resources to listen, process, and draw logical conclusions. Maslow's hierarchy of needs isn't just some flowery psychologic theory. It's a parenting model, and you can use it to achieve desired outcomes with your kids. I would tell her not to freak out when the lamp gets knocked over because the boys are playing ball in the house, or that time when the milk got spilled. Ironically, the kid was reaching for the vegetables anyway. People and relationships are more important than stuff. Make sure your kids know that. Of course, if it's that time Mason was riding his bike in the standing position with no hands, freak away. That's a safety issue and you are well within your rights as a mom in that situation. I would tell her she is never too tired to be kind to strangers and friends alike. Life is full of opportunities to give back, so give. And when you do, take your kids along with you. Teach them that life is bigger than just what they need in this moment or the problems they are facing. I would tell her to encourage her kids to ask hard questions at the dinner table, in the car, on the sports field, or in the classroom. No answers can be found when questions remain unasked. And I would remind her that she doesn't have to have all the answers. She just needs to know where to look and where to encourage her children to look to find those answers. I would tell her to live in the moment and document as many of them as she can. Pictures, journal entries, and Mother's Day gifts of little handprints are priceless and will help her to remember the good days instead of allowing the not-so-good days to inevitably cloud her perspective. I would tell her to find a good orthopedic doctor because she's going to need one for each one of her kids at some point. And I would reassure her that not only can broken bones be mended, but the rumor is they heal even stronger than they were before if they are set promptly and treated properly. I would tell her that she is good enough and strong enough and that she is not alone, no matter how long her husband might nap on alternating Sunday afternoons. I would tell her to let her kids wear their Halloween costumes every day of the year if they wanted to and even to the grocery store. It's not a sign of a permissive parent that has no control. It is the sign of a parent who's picked her timing over picking her battles. I would tell her that she actively and intentionally creates a culture in her home, or if she doesn't, 
she rolls the dice. She can choose to proactively teach her children necessary life lessons or let the world teach them. Either way, the lessons will be learned. I would tell her that teamwork makes the dream work, whether it's doing the dishes at home or competing against other families in a variety show at Nickelodeon Hotel on vacation. Venues are irrelevant. And I would remind her that figuring out how to work together as a team is the winning outcome, not necessarily what the actual numbers on the scoreboard say. I would tell her that there will be a movie called Pirates of the Caribbean that will be a great blessing to her when she begins teaching at the college and needs to prepare lectures for her classes. Captain Jack Sparrow is a great babysitter, and there is no reason she should feel any guilt about needing to use him for a few hours each day for a month or two. By the way, Steve in his stripy shirt and Dora with her backpack are also handy in a clutch when she needs them because sometimes she's just going to want a moment for a sanity check or to go to the bathroom by herself. And lastly, at least for today, I would tell her that when her BFF and fellow mom asks her if she wants to take the kids to a renaissance fair that one time, to say yes, because her young knights and her fair little maiden will find it magical to use their wooden swords and shields to battle all the way back to the car. And she will find those same wooden swords and shields tucked safely in their closets with the rest of their childhood treasures when she packs them up for college years later. And finally, I would also tell her to buy stock in Microsoft because that would make the whole paying for college thing a whole lot easier. How do you arrive at the emptiness phase with no regrets? It's about creating a vision of what you want your family life to look like and not just today, but for the years to come. It's about focusing on progress and not perfection. And it's about working every single day to turn that vision into your reality. Let's put a little twist on that quotation about being thoroughly used up when you die, when I think that most parents will relate to. Life is not a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a well-preserved body. But I want to arrive with the stretch marks of the babies that I carried. In an older model SUV filled with muddy soccer cleats. Wearing leggings from Target. And having a smudge of peanut butter on my face from eating the crust I cut off my kids' sandwiches. I want my purse, if you can call it a purse because it looks more like a backpack. Filled with a broken crayon, hand sanitizer, band-aids, a naked Polly Pocket doll, and... Hot Wheels cars that look like the Jeep I wanted to buy for myself someday. Oh, and there's probably a random Lego I threw in there so I wouldn't step on it later. Yes, all of those things are still in my purse even though my kids are grown. Because you never know when you'll be waiting in a checkout line behind another mom who has younger kids and she'll need a little help. And I'll be tired. So, so, so tired. But smiling because I have no regrets. Mistakes? I made plenty of those. 
but definitely no regrets. And do you want to know how I know it's going to look like that? Well, when that almost 24-year-old son who lives in another state now texts you out of the blue one afternoon just to tell you that his new job is going well and to ask if you saw the latest video his wife sent on the family messenger thread showing their new puppy playing with her favorite toy, you'll know because it will look just like you pictured it all those years ago. I'm just a girl who was ready to start her family, so I got pregnant and had a baby. But what I learned as I raised my own kids, that is the secret to becoming the parent I dreamed I could be and is exactly what I'm sharing with you. Let's rock this parenting thing together.